Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, where we every week talk about how technology is transforming the creative industries. Today on the program, do Nordic brands get TikTok? We focus on the rise of the famed social media and entertainment platform, why it's more popular now than its competition, Facebook and Snapchat, at least globally, what happens when new generations start using TikTok as its primary search engine, and how brands should use TikTok to boost their engagement, or should they? We talk about the implications of the Chinese ownership. And finally, we look at which Nordic brands are doing it best on TikTok. I'm Conrad Olsen, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind. And I'm here again with my dear colleagues, Roland Philippe Kretschmar, editor-at-large, and our editorial production manager, Eric Sedin. Guys, welcome back. Thank you. So stoked to be back, finally. Yes, finally. Best day of the year. This is the longest uh, summer vacation I've ever had from a podcast. What (laughs) what is it, three months ago? It's it's uh, well, it's the 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 last day of September. So I don't know. Could it could it be summer? No, could it? It couldn't be. Uh, I'm actually inspired by the podcast summer break. So three months. That's my life goal to kind of, you know, go away June, July, August, September. That's okay. Four months. That would be nice. All right. So for this new season, we've been mixing it up a little bit. We tried to sharpen this format, this weekly podcast format, trying it uh, a little bit more focused, uh, something a bit more useful for our listeners. We're going to do one uh, main topic each week. uh, And then we'll end at the end. We'll talk a little bit more of a lightning round about other topics that have come up during the week, what we look forward to, uh, stuff that we've been publishing on the Scandinavian Mind platform. But today we're going to talk about TikTok. Uh, a little bit of a TikTok for dummies, perhaps, and we might be the dummies ourselves. Uh, guys, are you users of TikTok yourselves? Eric, how about you? Yes, I've uh, fully drunk the, the Kool-Aid. I'm stuck <laughs> and I can't get out. And Roland, how about you? Uh, personally, I stay off uh, unless I monitor what my daughter is doing. Uh, and professionally, I'm engaged through the various brands at different levels. But yeah, we don't have official accounts, but we still need to consider TikTok in the channel mix. Yeah, I think that's a good way to, to begin this because I think there are a lot of people still that are hesitant about TikTok, curious about TikTok, don't really know how to use it. I still meet people who think it's only an app for like 16-year-olds, which it's definitely not right now. If you look globally, TikTok is ranked as the most downloaded app in the world uh, for the past couple of years. It's got an average monthly spent of, of this, and this is statistics that blew my mind recently. It's got an average monthly spent of 25.7 hours almost 26 hours <laughs> versus uh, Facebook's 16 and Instagram's eight. So these are global numbers, obviously, but it's staggering how much of our engagement TikTok is sort of ramping up. I'm actually mostly surprised about uh, Instagram's low numbers. Yeah. I thought, uh, I mean, generally they would be higher than even Facebook. I mean, who, who uses Facebook these days? A lot of, someone, actually, a lot of people. And I mean, if we look at in the Nordics, this is globally. So take that for what it is. Um, if we look in the Nordic, like I, I found numbers from Sweden, for instance, where um, uh, figures published by ByteDance, which is the, the parent company of TikTok, indicate that TikTok has like 2.8 million usage, users in Sweden. Uh, this was early 2022. 
so around 3 million users. That is compared to Instagram that has 6.1 million users in Sweden. So if you look at Sweden, where we live, and this is our perspective, uh, it, it's obvious that Instagram is much by twice as big. Um, mm. So your perception there, Roland, is, might not be so uh, surprising. What about you, Conrad? You haven't answered the question. <laughs> All right, so back to me. No, I mean, <laughs> there was a meme going around, uh, I think, <laughs> six months ago. We might have mentioned it on the podcast that, that said, I don't, I don't use TikTok. I use uh, two-week-old TikTok videos that are posted on Instagram like an adult. And that, that <laughs> meme sort of <laughs> hit it right, right in the gut for me. Um, when I think of TikTok, I mean, I use TikTok. I have the app. I go on it. I try to open it once a week just to get a sense of it. Uh, you know, like you, Roland, I see how my daughter is using it. Uh, it's a constant battle for... for <laughs> for the TikTok usage because it's really like a drug for the young young uh, kids, I think. And uh, uh, pretty pretty uh, significantly, like I think for many people, I mean, the, these numbers, for instance, the official numbers for TikTok usage is people uh, aged 18 and above. But I think the dark numbers are pretty much higher because mm. um, a lot of, I mean, my daughter is 12, so she technically isn't allowed on TikTok. I think the... the the official uh, uh, threshold is 13. This is when um, she's going to get uh, banned. Yeah, exactly. When the TikTok executives uh, listen to this podcast. Yeah, the algorithm hears everything. You know, <laughs> Always that would be amazing. As a father, that would be, I would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would be super happy about that. Like uh, uh, when my daughter got banned from Roblox for, because she uh, <laughs> purchased uh, Robux currency with my credit card without my knowledge. <laughs> So you banned her, they didn't ban her. No, they banned her actually, but okay. I managed to get it back. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Since me being in this in, in this trio here, I'm the one that actually uses it. All I can <laughs> say is you said there, Conrad, that uh, less people have TikTok, but they spend more, in total, more hours than on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And then this, to me, it's just like this, it's just because, and we everyone knows about it, this well-sharpened algorithm that TikTok has. Like, for example, let's say you guys are hanging out on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, Snapchat. For you to, like, really find a new favorite content creator or, like, a phenomena or, like, someone you want to follow, someone has to show that to you. They have to share that in a story. They have to repost it. They have to tell you through a DM, like, hey, look at this. This is cool. TikTok just shows you, like, in infinite numbers. It goes on and on and on. It will, the algorithm is really good at, you know, it's, it's like a plug. Mm. It doesn't gatekeep. The, algor- the TikTok algorithm is like, it's the gatekeeper's worst nightmare because you can't hide there. And for brands, this is something they really need to get into because they don't really, they don't really have to try that hard. The algorithm will showcase them to people. Mm. But this is the part of the problem or opportunity, right? So it's the two-sided coin mm. where obviously, like any other social platform, it's content driven, but it is a certain type of content that gets the, that, that the algorithm would like right so uh, and at tiktok uh, it's in it in its extreme right so i mean we we obviously if we've followed the media in the last couple of years with meta uh, and elections in the us and other examples i mean uh, there, there's a lot of challenges with how the algorithms pick up content that is not let's say politically correct in mm. some cases even extreme and i think that it's it's the same kind of mechanism behind TikTok, uh, but uh, maybe less 
extreme political content. Uh, but um, still, I mean, I, I think that is in its core part of the, the, the challenge with TikTok, um, that it just picks up the most extreme content elements. Mm. So it, to my view, I mean, I have used TikTok, even if I decide not to use it, <laughs> but it, it, it just becomes, it, it's like, um, it's like a constant um, drug high. There's no like uh, mellow, there's no relaxed, there's no like chill out. Everything is just like on top super high energy you know for sure i mean and it's obviously i think this is what drives engagement i think this is also why meta and and uh, instagram has you know really pivoted uh, towards the same type of of content moving away from sort of the social aspects of the social media and moving more towards the entertainment aspects whereas um, and we, we we monitor our content, you know, weekly on Scandinavian Mind. We see that the content that goes directly to our um, subscribers or followers are being, you know, down prioritized by the platform, and the types of content that we uh, pub- publish as reels are uh, being up prioritized. Uh, meaning the content that goes out to kind of anyone, even if you don't follow. And I think this is the. To the flip side to what you just said, Roland, is the opportunity of TikTok uh, where, mm-hmm. you know, you can come in as a newbie, as a new brand. You don't have to um, necessarily have the, you know, the, the hundreds, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of, of, or millions of users to, to create something that can become uh, viral. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've been speaking to people in the PR community and when it comes to, uh, you know, how they assess influencers and so on. You know, your following is not as relevant anymore. It's the, no. you know, the latest engagement on the latest posts. That's how you are assessed as as an account today. So you mean like real-time assessment. So basically, uh, if you're um, <clears throat> one week, you, you manage to get a lot of attention and, and likes and shares and engagement on posts. And then the next week you don't. So basically, that means that you will not be relevant anymore. Is that what you're saying? Kind of. Uh, well, there's, uh, in, there's, in a nutshell. it's easy to get back on the horse. Next week you go again, you know. I think you well, if, if you have the machinery or energy or both that re- is required to mm. produce that kind of content, right? So if you look at the biggest influences on TikTok, if I look at, you know, what my kids uh, follow and, you know, I mean, it looks kind of easy and relaxed and cool, but then, you know, the backs the, on, on, on kind of uh, the back of it, it's a huge production machinery. I mean... Mm. You, you have assistants and, and, and uh, script writers and it's, it's, it's kind of, it's faked reality in many, many cases. I mean, many of the influences on TikTok is, are, are highly scripted. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, so I, I think that is also an element. If you're a company, for example, if you want to do something relevant in social media today, it's not enough to just, you know, put up a post and, and you know, you, you have to really have this kind of entertainment machinery behind it. It's it's almost like a a new type of, of film industry where you have you know scriptwriters and uh, directors and photographers and 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 you know it's it, it, there's a lot of people behind the productions, right? I don't really agree. I... So would, what are you not agreeing about? Because if I look at um, some of the biggest accounts that I see, I mean it's more scripted than you think. It's not like you you wake up, you go into the shower, and you do a film. That's not be real, right? But TikTok is still a highly curated platform. 
Yeah, of course. Uh, and it yeah. will be more and more curated. You will have more and more people behind the scenes, I think. But I think from you, if you're looking at what your daughter or uh, your kids are watching, um, influencers and people in that kind of entertainment business or industry, uh, I think what really goes through, and I think that's what people like me that hang out on that platform so much, you can tell what's genuine and not. And that's what brands really need to focus on. Should we just have someone like... Um, Let's say they have a TikTok, uh, like a communication person working for a brand or working for themselves. You can tell when it's genuine. You can tell when it's just they're, uh, you know, uh, taking taking the time and focusing on like a trend without it being too forceful. Because TikTok, like in the comments, they will chew you up. The feeling I get is people on TikTok, people of my generation, you can yeah. instantly tell when it's fake and when it's uh, when it's not. Yeah, but uh, I think you're misunderstanding me, Eric. So if you go to the movies today. Even if you're 16, so even younger than you, Eric, <laughs> if the movie is well produced, you will still like it. If it's entertaining, you will like it. If it, it has a good script, you will like it, right? You will not say, oh, it's fake because it was made in Hollywood. So that's the same. That, that's my, my, my theory is the same here, that it doesn't matter in a way if, if, if there's a huge production engine behind it, as long as it is entertaining or as long as content is relevant and engaging, right? Hmm. But I'm seeing a shift where it, 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 it requires more and more resources, production resources to actually stay relevant. I think you kind of you, I think you're both right in a way. Uh, and I think yeah. you know, what, what you're alluding to, uh, Roland, is that to do a, a TikTok post, and I've been playing around with this for about six months now for myself. I do it for reels, but the, the, you know, the process is pretty much the same. You have to think of some kind of um, story for the the thing you're gonna exactly. have to publish, and for TikTok, I mean that's the power of TikTok is that it forces all the um, creators, and I think TikTok has a lot also has a much bigger percentage of users that are also creators. It's around fifty yeah. percent, which is much much higher mm. than compared to Instagram. So Instagram and Facebook have have much more uh, use users that are more laid back. They don't publish; they just view what's on there. Whereas TikTok, about fifty percent of the people are on there actually produces but it forces people to create something that captures your attention instantly and whether that is a uh, an, an amateur uh, you know 15 year old girl in her bedroom or a big brand the logic is still the same uh, but i do i mean i agree with you uh, eric that the authenticity is key and that you know all the data that i see and all the the you know the 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 know-it-alls that talk about TikTok says, says the same thing. That's the exact same thing that you say about TikTok. You have to be authentic. And the shift here, I think, if we go back to the perspective of brands, because I think this isn't, that's, you know, the reason I wanted to talk about this right now is we have a lot of um, brand owners or people working for brands uh, listening to this podcast within the industries that we are engaged in. So if it's fashion or design or, you know, in the fields of lifestyle. And there, there's still a lot of hesitation uh, around TikTok. And the shift for fashion, for instance, which has woken up very late to, to TikTok. I mean, only a year ago, a lot of fashion brands were like, we don't, we're not on there. That, that's just for teenagers. <laughs> I mean, someone likened it to you know, Instagram being sort of the magazine killer because it was like the still image. It was just about that. And it kind of came alive through stories, but it was still like something very curated. It's about the visual. Whereas TikTok is all about the storytelling. 
you're you're capturing someone with a story you have something to say meaning that's more of a i don't know youtube or television killer if you will so that in that perspective the the platforms has different different point of views yeah. and this was my point earlier the production let's say a machinery a mechanism that is uh, required to stay relevant it's it's not if, if you're like a if you're a world leading influencer on tiktok you're not spontaneously just doing your stories <laughs> you know? no. there's, there's a lot of thought put behind it and there's a lot of people behind because i mean th- these people they're earning millions of dollars every year and they're not sitting alone doing it that's all i'm saying so th- the thing is for a brand to think oh you know it's this uh 18 year old girl in California in her bedroom, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, but she has like 10 people working with her every day to produce the content. So I, I think that in, is, in itself is a threshold that a lot of companies are, are, are maybe not kind of um, uh, aware of, to be honest. Could be. And I also think uh, without scare, I don't want to be a TikTok ambassador here. I kind of am. Like of I said, course I, dr- you can I, drank the, I drank the Kool Aid, but I've been looking at some. Uh, Nordic and Scandinavian brands that mm-hmm. are on TikTok and I'm kind of telling what are they doing wrong and doing right. Uh, we'll get into that later. But I think what that you're saying, Conor, uh, Roland, is very, is very spot on that people, there's probably like tens or 20 people behind each video. But it's how authentic it comes across. That's really important. Yes. It should look like it's one person. If it's like 80s, uh, the brand from Sweden, if they're like walking the streets of Stockholm filming an oh, outfit check on the street, might be like someone holding a light behind the camera, you know. They have a light person, they have a sound person, but it looks like just someone's filming with their iPhone on the street. And that's, that's what's so point. important. It has to come across yeah. that it's uh, that it's extremely authentic. We're, we're going to go into some of the Nordic examples, which I think is super exciting. One other way of looking at this and one other way of looking at the popularity <laughs> of TikTok is that, you know, younger audiences are increasingly using TikTok as their go-to search engine. And I think this is this is not something to take lightly, at least in te- technology terms. I know Google is not taking this lightly because they're seeing uh, uh, their engagement moving away from Google and to uh, TikTok. Roland, you've been looking into this a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is something we, we came across. Uh, I think there was an article shared already early July, <clears throat> and then it spread globally throughout the mm. summer. But basically, as you say, I mean, uh, new, new numbers uh, being shared uh, about... Uh, you know, how, how younger people are using TikTok as their primary source for search. So instead yeah. of going to Google for search, they're going to TikTok for search. Uh, and, and that actually blew my mind. You know, I'm trying to be open-minded as a person <laughs> uh, professionally. I mean, it's part of my job, right, since I work with digital transformation. But it, that actually blew my mind. Uh, I, I was uh, caught by surprise um, uh, by the number of people using TikTok uh, for search. And obviously, my first reaction was like, hmm, I wonder how biased then the search results will be or how, how skewed the search results will be. Uh, like, how neutral results will you get? Um, and, and I have not actually done the real deep dive analysis of that. But I mean, my, my kind of, um, uh, how do you say... Uh, you. Amateur analysis of it is that it's, it's, it's probably going to show you a pretty strange um, view on life and the world around you. Um, Just as the algorithms are already kind of uh, forcing you into some sort of content bubbles, right? I think there are a couple of ways to look at this. And and, uh, we can talk about the implications of the sort of the Chinese governments having insight into the companies and so forth. That's one way to view it. But 
I, the Verge had a really interesting article on this. And, and just to give an example uh, of how, how this works, I mean, if you Google uh, who was the 16th president of the United States uh, or that type of, you know, very concrete, specific, fact-based uh, search, you won't necessarily get the right answer. You won't necessarily get an answer at all. Uh, so I think for, for that type of, of information, Google and, and Wikipedia probably is, is uh, the best way to go. But I think what people are using it for, and this kind of makes sense when you think about it, is like, where, what restaurant should I go to? Uh, what, you know, clothing should I wear? Or, you know, I have a back pain. I have a back pain. How do I stretch the most, you know, uh, best way? And so kind of practical, hands-on, pretty much kind of lifestyle choices. That mm. ends up... You so know, why giving... would that make sense? Because Conrad, I think, I'm not against no, it. No. It's just for the sake of the argument. Like, why does it make sense to search I, in, in TikTok for a restaurant? I would never do that. If all the sort of lifestyle choices that we have, I think we are increasingly looking towards what, you know, is put in front of our eyes, what gets engagement, what people are talking about. I mean, the kind of first, I don't know, kind of, a, you know, 1.2 wave of internet was like you had Yelp and TripAdvisor and you have all these, you know, kind of places with published reviews and you have, uh, you upvote things and it becomes very sort of data driven. Today, it's more engagement driven. So you want to know which restaurant my peers are going to, which is the cool restaurant, which restaurant gets the most likes and, and gets the most posts. And I think that's the type of content that you will get when you search uh, and, you know, it goes the same way with with fashion. Fashion works the same way. You don't Google a sweater and try to find, you know, the best metric for a sweater. You want to know who your favorite celebrity, uh, which brand your favorite celebrity is wearing uh, and so forth. Eric, maybe you can give more con con context around this. Yeah, I, I actually probably like a couple of times a week, I do go to TikTok to instead of Googling stuff and start with like uh, Roland started off by saying, um, maybe we shouldn't go into like the political and presumably apocalyptical society that would <laughs> happen if everyone got, went to TikTok to go for all their searches. That would be awful, I think. That would be incredibly dangerous too, like you said, about the uh, factual uh, searches. But I can give an example that I did uh, the other day, I think yesterday. I bought my first pair of white jeans. I never owned white jeans before. I bought them. They came home to my house. Welcome to the club. I would have asked Conrad for advice, not TikTok, but that's another. I yeah. should have. Well, I went. I went to Conrad's Instagram feed and looked at some some uh, info <laughs> posts too. But anyway, do you have so like a sorry, uh, Conrad? Do you have like a white jeans account somewhere? <laughs> yeah, that's a good TikTok <laughs> idea. That that is my only account. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so I'm standing there with my new white jeans. I never owned a pair of white jeans before, so I just went to TikTok and I googled style white jeans or google i tiktoked style white jeans you know that's all i put in there and you know a lot of videos pop up from all kinds of creators girls guys people from paris people from new york people from london people from scandinavia so the top ones that pop up when you search style white jeans they are the ones with the most views but i can kind of tell like this is some girl living in new york she's doesn't really look like my type of content being on tiktok a lot i can tell from what kind of font is they using on a thumbnail? Mm. How is the thumbnail looking? How is the person <laughs> looking? What is the setting? So I'm, I might be scrolling for like maybe two, three swipes or whatever. And then I see this guy, he looks exactly like my type. I press that and that thing might have like, I don't know, 30,000 views, which could be quite, uh, quite few for TikTok. But algorithm kind of showed me because I've never seen that guy before. I might, I might go into that uh, TikTok and I watch him 
and I could tell, oh, he's been, and I watch his profile. He's wearing a lot of the brands that I like. Uh, he's hanging out at stores that I like. Uh, he's watching movies that I like. So the algorithm will kind of show me at the very top, it will show me the biggest ones. But if you scroll down a little bit, it will show you what is suited for you. Because I never didn't even know he existed, but the algorithm knew that I that has seen some things in his videos that I liked previously. So then he will put up like a little uh, vlog thing, like, oh, these are five outfits you can wear with white jeans. And then I feel inspired and I did it. Maybe like two years ago, I would have Googled like styling white jeans. Uh, and then maybe I would thought of my favorite magazine, like Vogue or yeah. I don't know, GQ or something. Now my go-to, like I instantly thought of, let's go on TikTok. Uh, so I, I totally get it um, with the example you just brought up. But I, I mean, just restaurant reviews. I mean, sorry, I would <laughs> I would never search for a restaurant on TikTok. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm old school here. I'm proud of it. I would go <laughs> to um, four, five, six different reviews, uh, websites, some uh, curated magazines uh, specialized in, 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 in food and, and, and wine. And, you know, and then I would kind of make up a kind of median uh, review score out of all those uh, reviews, right? Mm. That's how I would do it for a restaurant, for example. But then just thinking while you're giving the example about the white jeans, where I might use TikTok for is traveling. So, uh, for example, going to a destination or a hotel. Mm. Uh, that is something I can see uh, a use case for. And that's another um, uh, example of what I did. I was in the Riviera. I was in Nice this summer. And I must have checked out like hundreds of TikTok. I just put like Nice restaurant, Nice beach, Nice secondhand store. And, you know, there's tons and tons of videos popping up and like i said I, you can kind of tell from what font is they using how are they filming it who is mm. the person on, like in front of the camera you can, i don't even have to watch that but some mm. of them are like actually really good or like you said hotels and stuff and it actually works far better than i think uh, like googling would i think what's fascinating here is that search is moving towards um video as well so you you're actually you're not searching mm. for text content you're searching video content no. first and i think Perfect. that's a mm -hmm. big yeah, yeah. A shift that will have all kinds of implications but we should uh um move on to uh, just look at some examples of the nordic brands and this is also why i want to do this i wanted to look into what are the nordic brands doing who's on it who's not on it uh, uh eric you've been looking into this uh give us a few examples yeah, so I can just circle back to what uh, Roland and I were discussing before about the authenticity and how much pe many people are behind it and if they have a whole production team. For example, Bang Olufsen, the Danish uh, tech brand or speaker brand, they are doing awful on TikTok. Absolutely terrible because they all they do is they have these really well-produced, really great-looking commercials that they would put on YouTube, mm. they would put on Instagram. They, they just cut it for 9.16, like the TikTok format. And they just whip it on there. And they're like, oh, hey, now we're on TikTok. That's not how TikTok works. People will scroll past that immediately because they can tell this is not supposed to be here. That's I think that's kind of like what you were talking about, Roland, how a lot of people mm -hmm. behind it could have great camera guys, <clears throat> could have sound guys, could have producers, but it has to look, TikTok real, you know, <laughs> has to look like it's supposed to be there. So Bang Olufsen doing a terrible job. They've been on there since like the summer, but uh, they need to hire someone. I don't know who, but... Some uh, some Gen C person to help them out. Eric Sedin. Yeah, it, in. yeah it could great. be me. Can hire you. Could be me. <laughs> if you're listening, uh, we'll, we'll take care of you. <laughs> and also, if we're if we're going to fashion, um, Acne Studios they posted their first TikTok a week ago, mm. six days wow. ago. They entered TikTok, wow. which is really late. It's way too late. 
Uh, and that's a you know a Swedish uh, big fashion brand. It's, it's huge, right? But well, if you compare one, uh, compare that to H and M, which is another type of it's a fast fashion brand, right? H and M they uploaded their first TikTok two weeks ago, <laughs> so oh. they're all these brands are quite late. And looking at Acne, all they have put out is like some kind of uh, runway videos. Doesn't mm. really show us that much yet. They have like four four videos posted. What I thought was interesting is if you look at some kind of brands like let's some more like playful and relaxed type of brands like Weekday Lakes, for example, or maybe Monkey or mm. these like H&M owned brands, they are doing quite well because a lot of young people go there to buy stuff. You know, mm. I think it will be really interesting to see how will Acne Studios, how will they adapt to the TikTok way of you know, viewing things and TikTok shargon uh, and stuff. I'm not sure how that will work. With Acne as an example, I'm not that worried, to be honest. I think if you look at, um, I mean, just look at the latest uh, show they, they did a couple of days ago. Uh, just go to Instagram if you can't find it on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just feels like it is uh, the TikTok generation kind of fashion. You know, it, mm. I mean, they are on top of it. Uh, mm. So I'm not too worried, actually. Even if you come in late, if you do it right, then it's fine, right? But I'm just curious, Eric. Uh, on the international fashion scene, um, which are the best brands? On a global scale, there's one brand that's absolutely killing it, and that's Crocs, <laughs> everyone's favorite uh, slipper brand. Yes. And uh, I think, for example, Crocs, it's a brand that just naturally would work. Uh, usually a fashion brand doesn't want to be the subject of low-hanging jokes. <laughs> like, we all make fun of Crocs. Like, But I think Crocs, they kind of swallow their pride and they're being a brand that doesn't really take themselves too seriously on TikTok. And that could be, and that is a tremendous advantage on this kind of platform. You know, people make fun of them. They make fun of themselves. Uh, and they've had, they had this huge, uh, hugely successful uh, campaign this summer uh, with like, I think it racked up like three to four billion views where they just asked wow. people to roast them, basically. Mm. <laughs> so uh, TikTok, uh, that's one kind. Of, I think brands shouldn't really take themselves too seriously on there. Uh, and from a Scandinavian perspective, two that I really like and I think are doing absolutely amazing is Axel Arigato, the Swedish sneaker brand. And now also they make clothes since a couple of years back. And the Danish brand, Ganni. Uh, Ganni, what I think is really good about them is they're showing a lot of like, uh, I think it's really cool. It's really trendy now with like the whole Scandinavian uh, Scandi chic uh, thing on TikTok. So mm. The Ghani people at the office or in Copenhagen, they will like film. Oh, what are people at the office wearing today? These are the dogs at our office. Uh, we are, we're a dog-friendly office, and the, the best uh, lunch spots around our office. And you walk with these like uh, Ghani employees uh, in their like really nice outfits, going in Copenhagen, buying a coffee or a croissant or something. Uh, really fun, really like light-hearted, and still a lot. They're racking up a lot of views. Mm. Actually, Aligato, they're doing like more of like the meme kind of thing with trends and with uh, just like a challenge going around with a dance or with a, um, I don't know, could be a filter that's in. They're always really on top of it instantly. And that also racks up views because everyone knows from being on the platform from early and from being on these trends early and from being authentic, actually Ragato has gotten a lot of, a big following and they rack up a lot of views. Eric, did you, did you look at the differences, if any, between these brands on TikTok versus Instagram? Are they using it differently on TikTok versus their Instagram feed? Because I'm, I'm sure both yeah, these definitely. brands started out on Instagram. So I'm sure that's where they started and they sort of pivoted to TikTok and that's where, where a lot of brands go. Of course, it's different. And that's what I said when I um, took the example of Bangulovsen. You have to adapt to TikTok. 
you can't just reuse your Instagram stuff or your YouTube stuff on TikTok. Mm. So it is different. Uh, that's what I was talking about with uh, Akne. You know, Akne Studios, they, they have beautiful pictures for Instagram. How will they adapt that to the TikTok kind of vibe? You know, with, with it being a bit more casual, with being a bit more playful, that'll be interesting to see. All right, guys, we have to wrap this up now. I think we said around 20 minutes for, for this, uh, you know, one single topic episode where we're well over half an hour. Maybe that's good. I thought that was really interesting. Just to, just to end with a few recommendations or a few predictions, if you will. Uh, Roland, from your perspective as, as a marketing person, where do you think brands should go with, with TikTok? I know you working in your day job. Absolute, you can't be on it because of age restrictions. Uh, but just as a general uh, point of view, what, what do you think p- brands should do? I mean, uh, authenticity is not only on TikTok, it's everywhere, right? So, you know, you need to d- d- really have a clear brand purpose and you, you know, don't try to adjust yourself to the demographics. Just stay stay true to your brand values, yeah. right? And then yeah. you, people will find you. I agree full heartedly. Like I said, the algorithm will give you in the right direction anyway. So if you like one type of brand, one type of content, you will the people will find your brand. At the end of the day, just stay true to yourself. All right. This has been a great uh, conversation on TikTok. I hope you guys listening found this useful. Uh, Guys, is there anything you want to add? What what are you looking forward to right now? What are you excited about? Uh, Roland, I'll start with you. Super excited. Uh, It's not yay this time. It's about Pharrell. Uh, So Pharrell is always uh, relevant, right? For all generations. Uh, he is now launching uh, Jupiter. So it's a digital first auction house where he basically sells off his stuff. It's like garage sale 2.0. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, basically, you know, he's, he, we, he's had these collabs, you know, Louis Vuitton and all the Goya, all these uh, big fashion brands throughout the years and uh, jewelry, clothes, luggage, uh, cars, I mean, uh, smartphones, he's done everything, right? And apparently he has like 10 storage houses full of stuff. And I think he's uh, 49 now, he's uh, reaching a phase in life where he is also realizing that, hey, you know, maybe I have too much stuff. (laughs) So he has created his own (laughs) auction house. Uh, I love it. I, I think it's it's brilliant. I'm probably not going to afford anything, uh, but it's. Um, I, I think this is the starting point of something new and fresh. We're going to see other celebrities doing the same thing. Um, then obviously, a bit cynically, uh, it's also a great way for him to earn some more money. But, so uh, yeah, celebrity Jupiter. resell. Jupiter, celebrity ah. resell. <laughs> yeah, but next level. Eric, uh, anything you want to recommend? Maybe uh, your own TikTok account, perhaps? Yeah, everyone should uh, follow me on TikTok. The best account on there for uh, the latest trends, the latest uh, filters, the latest everything. I've actually made a, to be fully serious, I made a football account. We were talking about football content with a couple of friends called Onside. So you can search for that. We racked up, I think, 18,000 followers since uh, like half a year. So we're doing great on there. And I'd like to recommend book recommendation. I'm fully immersed in uh, Matthew Ball's uh, book, The Metaverse, that came out a couple of months ago. Uh, Matthew Ball is one of the most thoughtful uh, writers on uh, you know, the metaverse topic. He's written some of the most important essays, and he's now gathered all his insights into a book. I'm sure we'll get back to this in future episodes, and it's a huge inspiration for our upcoming report uh, on digital fashion, which we will be published uh, in the Scandinavian Mind platform later this fall. Guys, uh, this has been great. Uh, 
inaugural episode of uh, season four of the Scandinavian Mind podcast. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to stay updated on upcoming talks and events. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash newsletter. Follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, not TikTok yet, but that might change after this episode. Again, thank you and enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Take care. See you.